Welcome, Sacramento foodie fans, to the first edition of the Stay of the Food podcast. I'm your host, also the guy who uh, is known as the chef of Modesto, Luis Urbano. And joining me here is Elk Grove's foodie expert, Sharon, and Arizona's foodie expert, Jared. How's it going, guys? Welcome to this first edition of the Food Podcast. Oh, man. You know, what a wonderful uh, thing that you've opened with, uh, you know, when you call, you know, all of us are the foodie experts. That just makes me feel so elevated, you know. So I was going to include that in the golazos of gratitude. But I'll tell you what, you know, I'll go back to macaroni grill with you guys any old time because their lasagna is pretty killer, right? And then... uh, You know, hopefully we'll dig into a few of our uh, restaurant reviews and some of our favorite dishes here in a little bit. But, you know, just want to let everybody, you know, remind everybody that Makuni Elk Grove still ranks, you know, kind of number one, you know, brick house restaurant. I got some places, guys. What about you, Jared? Uh, I definitely got to say the the post uh, the post match place you got to go to has to be either Fuzzy's Taco Shop in Tempe. Or if you're out here in the West Valley, at Tacos Calafia and, and Tolson. Those are definitely the places you got to go to, you know, have just any time. You know, best places you can, you can get tacos from uh, either in Tempe or uh, the West Valley. You know, I'm amazed you didn't even mention Kiki's Tots for here in Sacramento because that's something that is so up your alley. Well, true. Whenever whenever I'm, I'm in Sacramento, I mean, that's, that's definitely the go-to spot. I mean... At almost any hour of the day that they're open, definitely got to go to Kiki's. Great food, and we're really excited to be able to talk about all things food because, you know, soccer, it's great and all, but there's nothing like uh, good food, and y'all prefer us to talk about food than soccer, apparently, so (laughs) that's what we're going to be doing now. Now, serious everyone, welcome Sacramento soccer fans to the State of the Republic podcast. Again, I'm your host, Luis, and as you already heard, joining me, Sharon, Jared, what a day yesterday. I mean, it seems like we were dreaming, we weren't dreaming. It ironically happened on April Fool's. We surely got fooled by Louisville, at least Jared and I, because we thought we would be seeing a tie yesterday. Sharon was the only one who was like, hey, we're going to beat them, you know, maybe by just one goal, but we're going to beat them. So, man, what a day, right? Like, this is a day for us to remember in the history of April Fool's days. But how are you guys doing? Hey, still doing good, still riding high, still pretty dang tired because a a couple of us went out afterwards to Rock and Brew, um, which was a perfect place to go celebrate. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. Jared? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm still kind of dumbfounded by by the match. I mean, this was one that I thought was going to be more head-to-head, but... Uh, nope, it uh, most certainly was not. But uh, either way, I'm still happy with the result. Yeah, we literally showed Louisville the hand, right? How many times have we showed the hand at home? I mean, I think the last time we had a scoreline similar to this was Timbers 2 <laughs> in the Open Cup last year, right? And this was no Timbers 2 team. But man, when you see a match like this, it just makes you so happy to see that this is the beginning of the season. We got a great team because it's not easy to beat them in this fashion. And I don't know if either of you know the stats or maybe you heard it on TV. At least I didn't hear them say anything. But I feel like Louisville has never lost this way, right? Have they ever lost 5-0? I think it's probably the first time in their history that they even get, you know, five goals scored against in one match. I think you might be correct. I mean, uh, short of pawing through the entire history of Louisville, I honestly... Well, okay, so a lot of people are wondering what happened. I got to tell you, I had a casual conversation with Johnny Buckle, who's Paul Buckle's son, right? And Johnny and I were standing at the railing, and he just he's looking out with Ted, his little brother. They're looking out, and we're, he just goes, what is going on with Louisville? He goes, he says, I have not played for three years, and I could go out there and play better than any one of those Louisville guys. I could join them, and I could help them. And that's a strong statement from someone who knows soccer inside and out. You know, it's a family oh soccer. And to have him say that basically tells me that something weird is going on with Louisville and they're, they might not be who they used to be. There's a lot of comments on the USL feed because they kind of did a, a little recap of uh, what's going on where folks are like 
they're saying the same thing. Like what's going on with the Eastern conference? What's going on there? They're not, they're sensing from what I gathered a strong surge in the Western that we're coming on strong in the Western conference, Jared. Yeah. I, you know what? I think that's probably going to be next uh, USL unsolved mystery. The, the disappearance of Louisville city. I mean, this is a team that ha- is, is a stalwart in the playoffs. I mean, they were the first USL team to actually win back-to-back USL uh, championship cups. And now they're, I mean, three, nothing lost to previously unwinnable at El Paso. And then we, we beat them five, nothing, you know, we'll, we'll dig a little deeper into that uh, further on here. Yeah. Uh, but before we get right to the game, Sharon introduce Colossos of Gratitude. And now one of my favorite segments Glosses of Gratitude, where each of our hosts takes a minute to reflect and express gratitude to people, situations, or events that have touched them. Anyhow, let's go. Let's hear some Glosses of Gratitude. Well, and that was that. And, you know, I'm just going to jump right in. Last time I kind of, you know, turned it over, turned the microphone over to you guys uh, for your Glosses of Gratitude. But what, what I've got for that. You know, one thing I forgot, so much going on in the week. You know, we all have busy lives and, you know, things happen. But I got to give a shout out to Jane Walker, who had a birthday, right? And so what a great birthday present to see uh, the Republic do this on her behalf. It's just absolutely lovely. And shout out Jane, you know, for giving 29 another try. I don't know how many times you've been, you know, trying to be 29, but you're doing a really good job. And then also to uh, one of our favorites, John Crawford. You know, you always run into people who have like generous hearts. And it seems like we've lately been surrounded by a lot of people with generous hearts. You know, Jared, your heart is super big. Luis, your heart is so big. And I will say last night, post-game, we all decided to go to Rock and Brew. And there's just a handful of us. And I I shouldn't say we all. Another friend of mine, Adriana, she joined. And she had her four kids with her. And um, she's friends with Dami and Keko because of soccer and the kids being in camps and things like that. Our whole tab, John offered to cover the whole thing. Remember Orlando when John bought our whole tab at the um, at the hotel, the Doubletree, before we went to our live town hall. I mean, this was just amazing. So John did it again last night. We still forced him to let us give a little bit, but what a generous heart, right? So big galazos of gratitude to John and massive galazos of gratitude to Coach for, you know, being the winningest coach in Sac Republic history. So let's go. Jared, what about you? Uh, actually, I'm going to turn it over to Luis. <laughs> I'll turn it over to Luis right now. Yeah, perfect. Well, my first colossal gratitude actually goes out to Brad and Richard from uh, Huddersfield Town, from their podcast. It, it was really awesome when the news broke down of Kevin entering into that agreement to purchase the team, and they reached out to us. Brad wanted to have us on the show and you know, record some answers to some of the questions they had. And also in between, a colossal gratitude to Sharon for taking over that and answering their questions. And we'll hopefully be sharing their podcast when they post it. So y'all can also listen to Sharon there. But it was really awesome to get that message and to, uh, you know, be invited to do that. And as you already heard, or if you haven't heard yet, go listen to the bonus episode that dropped uh, two days ago where I chatted with Richard, also from the same podcast. We talked about Kevin Nagel and all things Huddersfield Town. So if you haven't listened to it, highly recommend you do so. You learn more about the team and you hear us talk about Kevin and say how awesome he is and all that. Uh, But I had a great time and I really appreciate them uh, wanting to uh, contribute to our show and vice versa. Also, just another glossary gratitude out to the team yesterday for the performance and also to my other teams like Cruz Azul winning 2-0, Fuego beating Red Wolves 1-0 away as well. 
Awesome stuff. I mean, I had a blast of a day because all my teams scored quite a few goals and didn't get a goal scored against. And I think that might be a first in my life as a soccer fan to have a day where none of my teams get scored against. I don't get angry at any situation. All happiness with every goal, too. So just a great, phenomenal April Fool's Day yesterday. Another one goes out to Tina for sending me a bunch of videos of the goals and a couple of moments yesterday of the game that went on too. Really appreciate that, Tina. You had some really good shots like you also did when we did the last show where you shared that angle of the goal, which was really awesome, especially when I combined that with Sharon's footage. It was as if we were in a live game watching different angles. Cool stuff. And we'll probably be doing more of those uh, shots in our future game day videos because it's always great to not only get our perspective in midfield, but also get the perspective of being in the TBB area. And especially when you get a goal so close, I mean, you get some really good shots uh, right there. So thank you again, Tina. So go ahead and pass it on to Jared. All right. Now, I also want to echo some of Sharon's uh, uh, glasses of uh, gratitude. Uh, definitely to John Crawford again, because lately John has been finding a whole lot of information uh, that that's been very helpful, uh, f- finding out more information about, uh, you know, s- some of the uh, season plans, matches coming up. He, he's he's even helping bring more and more Central Valley soccer uh, to, to our to our noses. Uh, for example, I know a couple weeks ago he posted about Real Galt FC and you know, how they're starting up play. And I, and I gotta say, those those kits are looking mi- mighty clean, especially the uh, the dark green uh, kit that has the uh, the Galt Water Tower kind of silhouetted up front, and, and of course, any any reason to have a kit that that reads Jim Boy's Tacos. I mean, I, I'm already a fan of them as is, uh, but also some other uh, glasses of gra- gratitude. Um, you know, d- definitely to to you, Sharon and Luis, you know, for helping put together that uh, fan experience from this past weekend, which I which I did get to see. Uh, I, I wish William had, had had sent some of the videos that he took as well. I mean, so we could include that, but you know, maybe we'll reach out to him. Maybe put that on a later episode or, or anything like that. And um, also, glasses of gra- gratitude to uh, mainly to my my mom's uh, insurance provider because uh, this past Tuesday, as I was trying to make it back to, to Arizona, her car had broken down. Just as just as we went to redeem those free uh, crumble cookies from the Kings game the night beforehand, but thankfully a couple hours later she was able to get her car towed, and literally just two minutes later after the tow truck arrived, my uh, lift had arrived to get me to the airport. So thankfully she was able to get that taken care of, and causes of gratitude to my uncle Johnny who was able to find out this past Friday that it was indeed the the battery which was supposedly fairly new that had gone bad. So. Thank, thank you very much to him to getting that taken care of. And once again, thank you everybody who had shown up this past week for the Republic FC match. I mean, we really appreciate everybody coming out and also appreciate everyone making it out to the match last night. That energy was so needed and you definitely brought it everybody. So thank you everyone that made the match there. Yeah. And people were well compensated with a quite an amazing game. In fact, you know, putting playoffs aside, right? Should we make playoffs? I think this might be the game of the season for Cyclic Republic 2. I don't think we're going to be another team, at least in USL, I'm not speaking US Open Cup, with such a like wide like scoreline. We might have other games where it might be like three goal differential, but another 5 0, it's, it's going to be a while <laughs> in the USL. So definitely, you know, hopefully everyone enjoyed it there. I know we all did watching on TV as well. Well, Let's go ahead and get right to the game. There's five goals. Amazing stuff. We got to like go through uh, the goals here. And first of all, start off with the first goal. It was the fifth minute. And it's always really awesome when you could score early because you can have more control of the match. And in this case, got to give a shout out to Jacker because we know that the guy is great at those crosses. I picked him as the assist leader. So Thank you, Jack. <laughs> You're only helping me get those bonus five points at the end of the season. But quite a great cross over to Sebastian, which, as Sharon was telling us offline, he is known as Seba from the rest of the team. So if y'all want to call him something short, Seba is what y'all should call him. And he had an opportunity, and 
unfortunately misses, but who's right there ready to throw a shot if needed? The guy who is always watching the ball, Luis Felipe, once again scoring again, right? Two games consecutively scoring in the match. This is why we got really mad when he got that red card, because this is a guy that you want to make sure he's on the field as much as possible, right? And he made his mark. I want to know, Sharon, you were there at the stadium. Fifth minute, we know that sometimes people aren't even in their seat by the fifth <laughs> minute. How, how was it like so early on? So it was nuts. I mean, like total nuts. It was total mayhem. I don't care how many people were in the stands. It sounded like it was absolutely full. Um, we were just, you know, you you that gasp of that first ball missing. And then we were, you know, you just saw it just fall. Okay, wait. Our guys framed the goal. Well, like we've been talking, they had guys on the front, the rear, you know, they framed the goal perfectly. And Luis was the trailing midfielder. And sure enough, knockdowns, rebounds, they're working on that. And, you know, you got guys like Russell and Jack and, and Seba, who's going to hopefully be better soon. You know, he had a little hamstring issue. I think you have guys that understand framing the goal and they're being taught over and over and over how to frame the goal and it, it just worked out perfectly. And we will talk about another goal here in a little bit that also worked down perfectly, worked out perfectly because of the knockdown rebound mentality. When you frame the goal correctly, you can pounce on these opportunities. And we've seen a few of them. I can't wait to just talk about all the goals. It was nuts. Um, it caught everybody by surprise. I think I might have been taking a sip of something or maybe chatting with my sister because, you know, first few minutes of the game, you're not expecting this, but it was wild. And I think. T- Tina may have caught this one on on video, so I think you may have that one. And I'm I'm going to be sending my stuff. Don't worry. You guys had the benefit of seeing all the replays on TV. I was <laughs> jealous because you guys were able to see all that. Well, I didn't see the first goal because uh, I was uh, unfortunately a little lollygagging trying to get everything set up. So by the time I got uh, got the game going, I was already past the uh, 20th minute. I was thinking, "Geez, did we score already!" And then. A few minutes later, here comes this uh, uh, banger of a goal, you know, to put us up to nothing. Yeah, in the 24th minute, Russell, we not only know him as the goal scorer, but we know that the guy can also assist, right? And puts a great cross. Unfortunately, the goalkeeper gets to it, but also the Louisville defender is right there, and they basically clash. It was so close to being an own goal by the Louisville defender. But who's there to make sure that it doesn't get counted as an own goal? It's Jack Gurr again, right? We know he scored uh, in the last game and he was back here, right? We know, or not in the last game. I mean, the last game that I went to at least, right? So he makes his mark again too. And we were talking about it on our group chat. The guy deserved so many more goals last year, right? Y'all recall he was so close in so many games and to get a goal like this, where it's just like you just push the ball in, it would have gone. It would have been an own goal either way. It's awesome, right? It's like, here you go, Jack. You deserved it. Just kick it, right? He could have even like dropped down <laughs> and actually headed the ball or maybe just lay down and just <laughs> kick it in whatever fashion he'd want. And it would have been a goal. So uh, what happened after this goal, Sharon? I mean, 2-0, not even the 30th minute. How was everyone feeling? Like, and more people actually saw it, right? <laughs> so once again, I don't think anybody was expecting everything to unfold the way it did. Jack is so fast, right? And it was like, what's going on? What happened there? Who dropped? Did the guy? We were wondering what happened on their defense, and and the next thing you know, we saw the rattle of the back of the net. That's what we saw—the back of the net rattling. And it's like, okay, that was in. Okay. And then it just, again, erupted. And to score two goals in that short a time, well, we might as well talk about getting three goals within 30 minutes because we were buzzing like, oh, we're getting a goal every 10 minutes. This is going to be a fun match because we really thought we were going to, you know, by the time the second and then the third goal got scored, we honestly thought that we were going to have a goal fest. We figured... Well, I will jump to the end. After the game was over, it felt like we had won the game 8-0-9-0 because of all the opportunities we had. Uh, I what what Louisville team was this? Was this the what were they the Timbers under 23 team? Jared, 
Does it? What do you think? Certainly felt like it with all with all these uh, opportunities that we had. I mean, we we shut Louisville City down to two shots in the first half. I mean, that's how how clamped down the uh, Republic FC defense was uh, in this match. I mean, I'm not sure of the uh, the final tally. I briefly saw it toward the end of the game, but just the fact that we held such a major Eastern Conference powerhouse such as Louisville City, Louisville City to two shots an entire half. That's, you don't really see that happening. I mean, you're lucky to, to nail them down to two shots within the first 10 minutes, but for an entire half, yeah, I mean, there, there's definitely something scary about the Republic FC this season. Just like I said last night, I mean, th- this yeah. is, and we even pulled wow. the first. We even pulled the first yellow. We were the only team with yellow cards, <laughs> and Lou, Lou didn't get a, a single, you know, yellow tainted rim or anything like that. We got it all, and we still pulled it out like this. Uh, so once again, we 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 have to do all the work. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Right in a game where we win five nil, the opposition has no cards. Right? It's like. Has that ever happened before? Like, usually the team that loses by so much, they're kicking left and right. <laughs> Although I will say this, and and you guys can back me up, that they did dive a little bit. You know, okay, granted, some yeah, there was weirdness. But our guys, when they got injured, I mean, Roro, is, he needs stitches on his face. And he didn't even want to come out. We were joking how <laughs> when they put the bandage on his head, it was like he was playing like a pirate because it was, you know, he busted open his eye eyebrow area. And so the bandage has to be low. <laughs> so it was like he's playing with one eye and he's still good. <laughs> yeah, that's so why we're, he's, we're that's going, why he's a legend. R, R, matey, R is for Roro. R. Okay, enough. That might be the new thing, right? <laughs> he's going to have a new nickname now, but... One thing I just want to point out in this second goal that we scored, I mean, it just paints the picture of what the entire game was like because, I mean, just take a look at all the Louisville defenders. They all look like they were lost in this goal. Three of them were, like, following Russell, right, which we know Russell's dangerous. He's probably going to have multiple guys trying to cover him, but everyone looked lost. I mean, even the guy who almost scores the own goal, right, basically the guy whose fault it was that we got the goal, he was right in front of his goalkeeper, Really poor positioning and all that. I mean, I can imagine all the Louisville fans must be so mad at how bad their defense was yesterday, right? Because those are rookie mistakes. I don't even think you see teams in like lower divisions making these types of mistakes. So yeah, it must be really worrisome for them to to see that. But we'll take it. And luckily, you know, Jack was there made sure that he kicked it in too. But like I said, I think it would have been an own goal either way, but you just never know, right? It's like, hey, just shoot it either way. Like, <laughs> guarantee it. You know, there's been weird things that happen sometimes, and sometimes the ball just gets stuck and doesn't move on, right? So it's good that he was uh, at the right spot at the right time. Well, moving on to the next goal happened a few minutes later, 27th minute. We get Russell scoring his first goal. Gecko, which we know, Got subbed in early on for Seba, which hopefully everything is well with Seba. I don't know, Sharon, if you've heard anything of his injury, but Keiko went in, and we know that Keiko gives it his all whenever he gets subbed in. So this is why it's great that we have an awesome bench because you have players that should be starters that are ready to be subbed in at any moment. So I think, um, yeah, just real quick, I think Seba, um, I think he's going to be okay. I, I heard just through the buzz, the grapevine, that it was relatively mild, but for safety precautions, anytime the guys, um, you know, do a hammy or a groin or quad, you know, they usually want to have them come out. Now, did you guys notice that Dami's rap kept coming off during the match? Because he had his, um, I think it was his right thigh. And uh, groin area wrapped pretty tight, mm-hmm. and his wrap slipped down <laughs> towards the end of the match. And he's he literally had to run holding his shorts and his wrap on his right leg for the remainder of the match, or you know, until he was I think he got subbed out. But it was quite funny, and I shouldn't say funny, haha, but it, it was like he still gave it his all, even though he was having to hold his wrap. Yeah, you got to admire players like that, yeah, <laughs> who yeah, still give it their all, regardless Didn't of what happens. 
You're good. Detract from this cross and this cheeky little goal slipped in by Braceface. Yeah, Braceface again making a comeback after that friendly game against Monterey where he did the same. But Keiko places the cross perfectly. Russell knows where to move. And I'm just always really so impressed by just how Russell reads the game and knows exactly where to be at, right, to get the perfect pass. And we're so early on in the season. Players are already understanding each other. How great is that, right? I mean, how many times have we seen other teams, like, it takes them half a season, or sometimes it doesn't even happen in the entire season, (laughs) and the players never really quite get each other. But here we are, four games into the season. The guys already have a good understanding of each other, and Russell has just fit in so well that Shout out to Danny. I really think he's the one who <laughs> contributed to Russell coming to Sacramento because we have quite an amazing player here in SAC. And I think it's been a while since we've seen a guy like that. It's uh, it's nice to know that we have a proven goal scorer and a proven uh, nose for the goal kind of guy up top. And also a guy, Luis, you say it all the time. He works back if he needs to on defense. And I really do like him higher than lower on the field last week remember he kind of sat in the pocket a little bit more today or last night he was allowed to um just run high and it was uh it was a beautiful thing to watch him he just has a nose for the goal yeah i've got to say russell has definitely been one of the uh the biggest pickups uh for republic this offseason and it's already paying off in dividends i mean not only the brace in preseason against monterey but also getting the brace here against Louisville City uh, last night. So definitely a, bi- a big thank you to Danny Viziello for being uh, La Consigliere of the uh, Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Now the last thing we need to do is maybe uh, get a couple uh, Wawa's or uh, sheets or, or something uh, built out there You know, for all the uh, former Pittsburgh Riverhounds we got on our club. I mean, basically, they have become Sacramento Steel Curtain. <laughs> <laughs> oh you always have the right words jared don't ever lose that creativity in your brain and now i know we're just covering the goals but we have to cover this awesome defensive action by connor donovan it could have been 3-1 right i don't know sharon from your view if y'all thought like oh no i think we might get scored on here because it could have been, right? And luckily, Connor was right there. Clear it out. You just never know what might happen, what strange thing could happen. <laughs> and he cleared it out. Connor Donovan being Connor Donovan. And luckily, we didn't get scored on because that would have been a really critical moment, right? 36th minute, first half, 3-1 would have been a whole different game in the second half. So these guys know each other so well that they know when the keeper is, uh, you know, because uh, he was, Danny was following the ball. And you have to have your defenders swoop in behind and and be in be in goal essentially when you get pulled away by um tracking a ball he was tracking the ball and he was doing his job to go to front post and thank god for connor you're right um but did you guys remember the play um where a ball got hit off his back heel and it created an attacking opportunity for louisville did you guys remember seeing that one that one was kind of bizarre so I don't know if this was a makeup play or if this play happened before the the con. I think it was a. It just felt like okay, thank you, Connor. We know you've got it right because there was a play earlier. I think <laughs> it was a little bit earlier where the the ball deflected off of Connor's foot and went perfectly the wrong direction, right into the feet of a Louisville striker. So this was. It's nice, just nice to know that we've got Connor Donovan. It doesn't matter for. What reason? It's just good. Yeah, and so that's how we ended the first half, 3-0. I'm sure Sharon at halftime, y'all were like, well, this might be a 6-0 game. If we scored three goals in first half, we could do it again in the second half, right? (laughs) A handful of people even left because they saw the score was 3-0. So just a handful, not many, but a handful of people left. And it was like, are you serious, people? Yeah, it's crazy. It's like you do not leave this game. It's just too exciting. Yeah, not not a game where you're winning, right? You're just going to have more moments of joy. And we knew there was probably more goals coming through. But it's always difficult, right? When you're winning by 3-0 in the first half, as much as we would all like be so happier, right? If it's like N7-0, 8-0, whatnot, it's always a different game, right? Because 
the other team has to fall back or, you know, they have to change their strategy, right? They have 15 minutes to change the whole mentality of the game. And sometimes the other team maybe feels like, hey, we got this game already. Like, why give it the extra effort? Although I got to give a shout out to the team because other teams might fall back and be like, we're good, 3-0. Hey, if they score one on us, it's fine, right? We have a good cushion. We got the three points. Why keep attacking? But Sacramento kept doing that, right? We kept attacking as if either the game was tied or we were losing. And you want to have a team that is always going to do that because if you score three goals, it's a team that clearly has some issues defensively. And you got to just keep like moving up that goal differential, right? Just (laughs) keep it going and make sure that you secure the victory because we've seen some crazy comebacks in the history of the sport. So might as well just keep on going. And that's exactly what kept happening. And in the 71st minute, we saw an assist by Roro. He spot Russell open. He gave him the pass. And I don't know if you guys noticed in the replay, right? But he made it seem like the pass was going to go towards Keiko. He pulled what I would call a Ronaldinho, where you look at another guy, you make everyone think, I'm going to pass it to this guy. He already knew Russell was going to come in the left. And he just casually gives the pass to Russell. Everyone was thinking, again, it's going to Keiko. No one was looking at Russell. And that's smart, right? That's what you're experienced guys do you do that you trick him Russell came through and man he scored quite an awesome goal as we like to call in Spanish he did a sombrerito where you just lift it up goalkeeper doesn't get it and once it goes above the goalkeeper's head it's typically going to be a goal if it's going towards the net so great goal I don't know Sharon what you thought but I mean this is like a top five end of season goal for me yeah, when when you see a guy do chippy things, you know, a nice little chip chip like that, it was um it was pretty fabulous. So so I gotta say, if you look at uh, Louisville's defense, they um we were outnumbered we outnumbered them oftentimes when we came down on the attack. Well, and of course we were already up uh three nil, and so Louisville's gonna be throwing numbers forward. But if you look at the numerical superiority that we it's a three three v two situation. Right. You see right there. And so they're really we had so many options on that goal. It was ridiculous. We had any you you pick it. We had every option in the world because they had already pressed high. So I I think they need to take a look at their their coaching situation um, if they're letting the gaps be that big between their defense and their midfield. Again, as you can see in all the highlight videos, the fans erupted. It was by this time we were expecting many more goals, you know, just because it was just so easy. It just seemed so easy. Now we just want to play them every week. <laughs> it's so fitting that we had the Owasa salsa there during the broadcast. So somebody had to bring the chip and we already see who did. I mean, that was just an amazing shot. We uh, going into numbers like we had all night, just run, running it through chipping one right above the goalkeeper one of the easier goals. I mean, as long as you aim it right. It was pretty fabulous. Can't, you know. Russell just had some weird stuff, man. He's like, he's like not in this. He's, we got to keep him for two years. I hope to God we signed him for a two-year contract because, <laughs> you know, he's one of those guys. You know how we feared losing Luis? Um, yeah. And, you know, I I just don't want to ever have that fear again. But Russell is just shining like a huge star. Just absolutely love him. Just I love, love, love him. He's so much fun. And he's really grateful, too. Um, I got to throw in a real quick plug for Rosa and, and all of us fans that um, want to have that chant, of uh, which was stolen, by the way, by Rob McAllister. Uh, Ciceroni, the Sacramento treat. McAllister says that on the broadcast. And it's kind of like, dude, you heard it first from us. I swear to you, because we were we said it already on the podcast. And we've been saying it in fan groups. So we've been passing it on. We passed it on to Kevin Burdick. Rosa did when we were doing that volunteer situation at the food bank. So so if it catches on, man, can you imagine if the announcers, you know, had us sing or had it up on the board, you know, Ciceroni, the Sacramento treat, dink, you know. Oh, man, just killer. Well, well, that's interesting. I guess uh, credit where credit's due, right? Hopefully <laughs> it, it gets uh, credited sometime. but. Uh... Yeah, no, Ciceroni has been quite amazing. I know we just keep talking great things about him. And 
I don't know, Sharon, if he has a breakthrough season, if he's the top goal scorer of not only SAC, but the entire USL this year, I think he's making the jump uh, to MLS when you have that too. And he's only 28 right now, going to turn 29 in November. But I think if he wants to get MLS, there's only chance. Well, He is having a breakthrough season with us too. I mean, we look at his stats with Pittsburgh. He had 30 goals in 66 games, right? And in such a short amount of time right now, he already has three goals. Right in four matches played, at least in regular season. Right now, counting the the friendly games too. So he's getting good stats, really good stuff. That's why I think at his age, if he wants to make it to MLS and if he gets an offer, I hate to say it, but I think we might only see him this season. And but we'll be happy for him, though. No, I'm just saying at his age too. But hopefully, he's like, hey, you know what? Forget MLS. They're not giving Sack a chance anymore. I'm going to just stay here too. Like, <laughs> but hey, everyone wants to move up. So again, we'll be happy for him if, if it ends up happening because it might just mean that he gave us the championship and that's why he ends up there. Right. So that that's, that's how I think that'll be it. But moving on to the last goal, the game came through a PK perfectly scored by Keiko. But before that, he had two crossbars. I mean, how crazy is it that <laughs> Keiko had two crossbars in two consecutive plays? I don't know, Sharon, what you guys were thinking there at the stadium, but I was like, geez, like, just give us a goal already, right? There should be a rule where when you get two crossbars, that equals a goal because how difficult is it to do two crossbars in, like, what, like two, three minutes? Those were nuts. The look on Coach's face was (laughs) frustration because Mm -hmm. I know he expects a lot of accuracy out of Keiko because if you look at every pass Keiko makes, it's very intentional. His movement on the ball is very intentional. He rarely messes up, but then to have the final thing kind of hit a crossbar, we we could see Coach's face. However, he was redeemed a little later on, but I, I will say he was, you could tell he was frustrated, but he shakes it off really easy and moves on to the next. You know, he doesn't, I don't think he's dwelling on it as much. You can't, you know, you can't dwell. You've got to just look for the next opportunity. So. Yeah, and luckily, you know, Karma was there. He had a score. And then we get a PK just like, what, two, three minutes after that happened and placed it really well. We know that Keiko is a good PK taker and gives us the 5-0, gives us the hand. And what a way to like end a game, right? With the 5-0 goal in the last minute. It's one of those games where you just wish that that would have just been halftime. And <laughs> we would have had another half to keep on scoring more. And like you said, Sharon... If we could play Louisville, or at least this version, right, I should say, because it could change, right? They could have a different team later on. It would be so fantastic. But, Jared, you know, this was this game, this match put Mark Briggs, Coach Mark Briggs, as the winning and winningest coach in Sac Republic history. What did that mean to you? Yeah, I mean, that is definitely a major achievement. I mean, we've, yes, we've had a few coaches in, in our uh, time you know, in this past decade, but, uh, I got to say, Coach Briggs has definitely brought uh, something uh, different, a uh, good difference uh, to this club. So the fact that now he's made history, not only with you know, his achievements last year, but also what he's bringing this year so far. So definitely a big congratulations to, co- to Coach Briggs on uh, gaining that honor with with the club. I mean, hopefully it'll be just the start of many accolades. Now, I got to say, if Coach Briggs has a breakthrough season, and I was just talking to Richard about this, Let's not be surprised if he ends up being coach for Huddersfield Town, right? How great of an opportunity would that be for him? Being that it would Hush be in mouth. his home. Hush your mouth. Hush I mean, your mouth. God, I mean, that's two things you've done. You, you, Russell Ciceroni, you say, is going to be gone at the end of the season. And now you're like saying, oh, yeah, he can be our, our wonderful coach. So I gave him a gift last night. And I told him the conditions of the gift that I gave him. Um, was that if he if he ends up as the coach of Huddersfield Town, <laughs> that he has to give the gift back. And it was one of those prints from Terry D. Shaw of his home hometown. I gave it to him last night. Ooh. And I'll, I'll send you a photo of that if you wanted to, you know, use it for any any purposes or um bribery <laughs> or <laughs> something like that. Hey, we know that Sharon said <laughs> you gotta give it back if you go back overseas. <laughs> You never know. I mean, yeah, we do wish him well. We wish him at the highest levels. We wish him whatever his heart desires. 
but I'll tell you what, being a jealous and a very possessive <laughs> fan, there is no freaking way I ever, ever want him away from us unless he starts really sucking bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think even then I would still keep him in the team. I would still keep him as a coach. See, after helping us reach the Open Cup final, that was the breakthrough for me that I'm like, if you want to let this guy retire as a coach with Sac Republic, I'm okay keeping him as long as he wants to stay in Sacramento because that was a major achievement. But I do think that he aspires to actually coach in his country. And being that now, you know, Kevin enter into that agreement and we all think it's going to continue on right that you know he is going to close in on that agreement i think that just would just be a perfect opportunity for him so what i'm saying is if he leaves to any other team the only team that i'd be okay with would be huddersfield town if he uh left to go coach them any other team would be like oh no like stay here right but huddersfield town i said it in the last episode i see them as a sibling team to sacramento right again if it does close I know we all know that there's an agreement and all that, but we know what happened with Burkle and all that stuff. So you can't always be 100% on anything, right, when there's just an agreement. But in the event that it does close down, I think that in the future, I'm not saying right now, I think maybe in a year, two years, three years, there's that connection. He could potentially be there. And how awesome would it be to see Mark coaching in the Premier League one day, right? And for us to say, like, this guy started his career with Sac Republic. That's where like he got to be known more. And now he's over there in the Premier League. I mean, that would be a dream, I'm sure. That would be a dream. We'd have a connection over there for, hey, Mark. <laughs> hey, Mark, you're coaching Chelsea. Can we get some tickets? <laughs> or whatever team, you know, if he takes Huddersfield Town to, you know, the Premier League level, that would be awesome. It's like, hey, remember us peons <laughs> over here in the U.S.? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let us go. Um, that would be great. In fact, I, I would even be like, hey, let's go to England. Even if he doesn't give us tickets, like, shoot, let's go make the trip over there and exactly. we'll see someone that we know personally. Exactly. Well, we would do that. Let's go ahead and take a look at USL standings because it has been a really long time. I don't even recall when the last time it was. It might have been a few years ago, if anything, right? I mean, I don't even know. But we are in first place. We can finally say that. In the top five, we are not number two. We are first place. And we are above San Antonio, despite us being tight in points. Because goal differential, we beat him. We got a goal differential of seven. They have one of four. So thank you, Louisville, for allowing us to score five goals against you. <laughs> because that's why we're in first right now, right? And who are we playing against next week? San Antonio. So what a match we are going to see next Saturday in Texas. First place against second place. Winner becomes first place. No sharing. If you tie, we're still in first place. So pretty good outcome for us, right? Winner tie, we're still in first. But following San Antonio, you got San Diego and Colorado Springs, both with seven points. Colorado's the rival that we play after we play San Antonio. So two tough games, right, upcoming for us in these next two games that we'll be playing. We already played against San Diego Loyal. We know we beat him already. There you have it, right? There was that. So interesting how at the beginning, you know, we're starting to play against uh, these teams that we have here uh, in the top there. And then you got fifth place, Toros with six points. Oakland Roots actually won yesterday, their match against New Mexico over in, I forgot what college they played in, but it looks like their situation is still not fixed over at Blues, yeah. Blues Field, but at least they have a temporary home. So. Cal State, East Bay, so the old Hayward State. Hey, you. No. We used to call it Hey U, <laughs> Hayward University, but it wasn't Hayward University. It's CSU East Bay. Oh, better than a postage field stadium, right? So uh, better that, than Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you got Monterey with uh, four points and El Paso with four points there. So the, the California teams representing there, except the uh, OC, but you got all the other ones there in the top eight right now. So good looking out for us. Um, should be an interesting one next Saturday. But in between, we do have Open Cup starting up second round, which is typically where we enter, happening this Wednesday at 7 p.m. So if you haven't gotten your tickets yet, go get them. Usually they're the cheapest ever when you play in the early rounds of the Open Cup. 
And we're going to be playing against Crossfire Redmond from Washington. They play in the MPSL and they played in the first round of the Open Cup. They beat Project 510, which is essentially Oakland Roots 2. They play in the USL uh, League 2. They beat him 3-0. And it wasn't even in Washington. It was over at Fremont. So there's a team that has already beaten a team away 3-0. And granted, probably level-wise, they're about the same, right? MPSL, USL 2. But you still can't be for sure with any team. We know Open Cup has its surprises, right? We've seen plenty of upsets. So the team has got to make sure that they are giving it their all. But of course, I know we're going to see players that are typically in the bench start this match, which is great because we have quality in the bench and I'm really looking forward to that. So what do you guys think Wednesday Open Cup? What are some of the guys you want to see that we typically don't see start? I want to see more of Aldair. Uh, how do you pronounce his name? Tell me again. I want to say Aldair Sanchez. Uh, Aldair, but yeah. I've never spoken to him, but I want to say Aldair. Yeah, I, that's right. that's a first for me. I've never known anyone with the name, but yeah, and also want to see a little bit more Zico and Luther, and I, you know, I just want to see how they um, gel. I know we're going to probably see a little bit of Johnny Fenwick, probably Carlos. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that on the bench, we will, we depending on how Connor Donovan feels and depending on how Shane Wheat feels and Jared Timmer. Oh my God. Last night, you guys, we were, well, I was, they had such little work to do in the defensive line that every time Jared Timmer touched the ball, we hollered out, Oh my God, Jared got the ball because they didn't have to do anything back there. Shane Wheat saved our bacon once or twice, but literally our defense <laughs> didn't have to work. And so I would love to see. You know, Jared and Shane, maybe let Connor get a breather, you know, bring in. I don't know if Lee Desmond's ready to um, play. He wasn't even on the bench last night. But, you know, just just let's see Johnny Fenwick. Let's see if I wasn't I wasn't too. Well, we'll see how he does. I'm sure he'll he'll play. Um, Probably see more of Matt LaGrasa. Would love to see more of Matt LaGrasa on the pitch. But um, I'm hoping to see Johnny. I'm. Straight up the gut, Zico, Luther, uh, Matt Lagrassa, Johnny Fenwick. I want to see, you know, what that what they do. And on the bench, you know, darn well it's going to be um, Connor Donovan's going to be on the bench. Row, if we need him, will be on the bench. Uh, don't know about Dami. Yeah, and on the right side, Jack loves playing, so I can see he's gonna he's gonna play. He's he's gonna play. He will never say no to a match ever. You just know him. We know him too well. What do you guys think? Well, a guy that you didn't mention that we haven't seen in a while, you know, just in you know some of the friendly games is Mario Pinagos. I want to see him back on the pitch. And again, this is one of those games where hopefully he gets a chance to be in the starting 11 uh, because if not, it's going to be a bit tough, right? He has a lot of competition and not enough playing time. I know that was the same issue last year. That's why... He got loaned out over to um, FC Cincinnati too. But, you know, I think this is the chance for him to be out on the pitch. And as well, I think as any other academy guy that maybe hasn't had that much minutes, it'd be good yeah, to... Like Rafa, like what Rafa, Waregi. Yeah, Rafa as well would be good. Uh, Aldair, you mentioned him as well. Let's uh, get him out there, get more minutes too, so... Yeah, those are some of the guys stand out. The rest of the ones you mentioned as well. But again, you want to see some of the younger guys that don't get that much minutes or sometimes don't even make it out to the bench actually have that chance. So that is our rival in Open Cup. Um, again, round two. Should we advance? They might be doing the draw the following day, uh, which is, I think, how they, they've typically done. I don't know if they'll continue to do it this year, but that's usually what we've been seeing. So that way you can start planning for the next Open Cup game, which will be in a few weeks after that. So best of luck to the guys out there. We hope for the best. And if you are going to be available that night, again, go check it out. Open Cup game is really awesome. It doesn't matter who we play against. And it just gets you a chance to uh, be out there supporting the team on a Wednesday night. And also getting tickets for like so cheap, the cheapest you'll ever pay for a ticket, usually in, in this like second round, sometimes third round as well. And they don't open the whole stadium, which I think will be the same situation for this one. Usually it's just like they close down uh, one end, open only one side. And that's why 
you know, tickets are cheaper since they're not as high attended and it's great. You get better seats for a cheaper deal. Cool. Well, let's go ahead and move on to podcast winner dinner, which we have zero points <laughs> to report on this match. Yes. In a match that we win five nil, none of us got a point <laughs> because we all thought Louisville would get the first yellow card. And unfortunately they didn't. And Sharon and Jared said Seba would be scoring the first goal and he maybe would have scored the first goal, right? Had it not been for the goalkeeper <laughs> and then they would have gone their point. I said Russell, but unfortunately Russell chose not to score in the first goal, <laughs> but later on. So none of us got the point. That's that's all that goes down. So Sharon still leads the way in the overall scoreboard with three points. I have one point and Jared has zero points, but more opportunities are on the way again. U.S. Open Cup and then the game against San Antonio, but Open Cup is surely going to give us some points. I'm hopeful <laughs> that we will see the points here. So we have the categories are pretty much most of the same ones. Final score, scoring first, the backup score, at what team gets the first yellow card. But with Open Cup, we have extra time, yes or no, simply that. And I know it's the second round, but anything can happen. <laughs> so this is the U.S. Open Cup and what we have going on. So potential of uh, four points there. So who wants to get us started with the picks against uh, Crossfire? I jumped ahead and predicted the San Antonio match. I forgot all about the Open Cup match, even though I know I'm going to the Open Cup <laughs> match. Let me toss it to you, Luis. Okay, so this is my prediction too. So I think that we win the match 4-0. I see a scoring first, Matt LaGrasa. Backup scorer, if he is not available, if he doesn't see the pitch. I see Zico as being the backup scorer. First yellow card is going to go to Crossfire, and I see no extra time. Jared, are you ready with your pick? Yeah, for the Open Cup match, I'm going to say 4-1 Republic. And as far as first goal scored, I'm going to go Luis Felipe. If he's not available, then I'm going to say Jack Gurr. First yellow is going to be uh, against us, and no extra time. All right. Sharon. All right, so I'm going to be bold because, I don't know, I, I don't know if Russell's going to play but I have a feeling, oh, now that I'm thinking about it, dang, I hate my brain because we're not, we're probably going to mix it up a little bit with players. So, um, although we did do really well against the Tim, whatever the under 23s were last year, we kind of spanked them. <laughs> oh man, you guys, this is so hard. I wanted to say 5-1, but then I'm thinking we have different players on the field. So the chemistry is going to be a wee bit different. Will we be able to penetrate? a defense that's going to be basically playing all defense. Oh, just call it, Sharon. I'm going to go 3-0, and I'm going to have Luther scoring the first goal. And if he is not available to play, then my backup goal scorer is – I think I'm going to go like what Jared just said with uh, with Jack Gurr. And the um, we do not get the first yellow. I believe that the other team will get the first yellow. I've already forgotten their name because – they're inconsequential in my brain. <laughs> Crossfire Redmond. Yeah. Crossfire Redmond. <laughs> and no extra time. Uh, I can't believe I said 3-0. I really want to say 5-1. <laughs> we shall see. Yeah, you can still change it. But once I hit stop record, you can no longer change it. But <laughs> if you want to change it. <laughs> no, we'll, well, I'll let it ride. I'll let it ride. <laughs> be great for you guys getting some points. Awesome. All right, now let's move on to next Saturday's game at San Antonio. You want to go first, Sharon, for this one, or you want yeah, me to go first? Okay. Yeah, I, I can go first. Um, I have a tough match, 1-1 tie. Russell scoring the first goal. He, if he doesn't see the pitch, then I've got Kecko. And that sack pulls the first yellow. Us, we, per, we, we get the first yellow. Jared, what do you got for San Antonio? I am going to say 3-2. We end up winning. Kecko gets the uh, the first goal. If he doesn't get one, then I'm going to say Russell. And then we're going to end up getting the first yellow. I just know it. Okay. I Interesting. Have, uh, I'm going to say the game ends in a 1-1 tie as well. I think first goal score will be Roro. If he doesn't see the pitch, then I'm going to say Russell. And I think first yellow card is going to go towards us as well. So Sharon and I share the same score. 
and the same first yellow card. Only thing that differentiates us is the first score, but it's going to be a difficult match. Again, as we always say, hopefully we're wrong and the team ends up winning and <laughs> that it's no tie. But yeah, it's going to be quite difficult, especially coming from an Open Cup game midweek. I know a lot of the players are going to be different maybe, but still, you know, the players are still local and you have to make the trip out. So lots going on, busy week. So I think uh, a tie is, is what I'm going to be guessing for this one. Cool. Well, lots of point opportunities. We'll see how the scoreboard changes next Sunday. I think it's going to change quite a bit. Some quick reminders here before we end tonight's episode. Uh, first of all, as I mentioned earlier, Sharon will be on the podcast and he takes that chance. The Huddersfield Town show. She recorded some answers to some of the questions they had about Kevin. So we'll be sharing that episode once they post it so y'all can hear it. But as I mentioned in the previous bonus episode, I invite y'all to check out their podcast, learn more about Huddersfield Town. Richard had a lot of things to say about them. And if you want to listen to that bonus episode, go back an episode back and just hear our talk. It was really interesting hearing more about the team and us going back and forth with Kevin, him asking me some questions about Kevin, all great stuff. So check it out. And also another thing too, uh, we've been talking about it here for a while now, but it's finally going to become <laughs> official here. We're actually going to post it. The raffle is going to be happening for the signed Sac Republic soccer ball signed by the entire team. And I think some staff members as well. We also got some there and also a flag. All the proceeds are going to go towards the Colon Cancer Foundation. And we have one ticket for $5 or three tickets for $10. We are going to have a website listed and shared on social media where you can go easily submit payment and you'll have your raffle tickets there. We are planning on announcing the two winners of both prizes live on our YouTube channel. And once it gets closer to that date, we'll be having more of the time and uh, the YouTube link as well. But it'll likely be happening towards the end of the month. I'm thinking maybe April 30th. But again, We'll uh, mention all that once uh, we have the page live. We'll have more of those details. So if you want to check it out or maybe tune in after, you could see who won. And we'll have a little wheel going through so y'all could see all the names and see who the winner was for uh, both items or who the two winners were, I should say. Cool. Well, with that being said, Sharon, Jared, any uh, last final parting words here before we say goodnight to everyone? Oh, my goodness. Just let's keep going on these winning ways. and. Thank, big, huge thank you to everybody who listens to our podcast and who shares it um, and comments on on what we're up to. Really do appreciate the listens. If it weren't for you and if it wasn't for this wonderful squad and all the squads around, um, we wouldn't, you know, we'd have nothing. Oh, and by the way, Luis is going to be sharing the um, schedule for the Sacramento Republic Academy. So if anybody wishes to join or attend that uh any of their games, uh, Luis will be throwing that up on our on our wall as well. Go Republic! Well, if we if we could take it to uh, the Eastern Conference like we did, I have very l- little doubt we'll continue this on for the rest of the season. So let's go in there. Let's take it to the defending champions uh, as well as to Crossfire. Go Republic! Let's go all the way. Yeah, and I want to say again. As I always say in every episode, thank you so much to everyone who listens to our show, who supports us in many different ways here on the podcast. Uh, we really appreciate it. Helps us deliver more content to you guys and also be able to do some giveaways. We are going to be doing some here um, later on in the season. We have a couple of different prizes that we want to give out as our way of saying thank you for all the support. I also want to say thank you to everyone at Huddersfield Town, all the fans over there, because... Our last episode, our bonus episode in such a short amount of time has gotten quite some traction where we've gotten a lot of follows on social media. The episode's gotten so many listens. I can't even believe when I look at the numbers to see (laughs) how many people have listened to the show. And I literally just posted on Friday. Really, thank you, everyone. I know some of the Huddersfield Town fans are also going to be Sac Republic fans now, not only us at Sacramento. And they will probably be following some of our games, maybe listening to some of our episodes now. So thank you all. It's really awesome that we're in this new like family of Kevin of sorts. <laughs> and 
we can all support each other. It's really great. I've always wanted to have a team in England. And so I'm really glad that Huddersfield Town can be that team that I can now fully support. So thank you all. We really appreciate that. Great. Well, everyone, we hope you have a great night or good morning whenever you might be listening to us. And you'll hear us next week here on State of the Republic podcast. Do the music. Play that funky music, my boy.